Ask a Wayfinder, an advice and mindfulness podcast for all those who are seeking, those who are stuck, and everyone in between. I'm your host, Dana Wheelis. I'm a meditation teacher and life coach in Central Virginia, and I have a new letter to share with you today about humility, how it can be a virtue, but also a prison that keeps us small. Here's a letter. Dear Wayfinder, I want to ask for your thoughts on humility. Recently, I've been scared or worried that I'm getting full of myself or somehow not being humble enough. You see, I've been going through a lot of changes lately. I finally saved up enough money to quit my corporate day job and pursue the creative work that brings me joy. I've also been setting stronger boundaries in my relationships and really focusing on self-care since I have struggled with being true to my own needs in the past. I can't even begin to tell you how happy I've been these last couple of weeks. Opportunities for me to pursue my artistic ambitions are opening up faster than I could have expected, and I've been getting all sorts of validating feedback that I'm good at what I do. I have a beautiful show coming up next week. I found an artistic partner with whom I jive so amazingly on so many levels, and with whom I'm creating, and I even made a website. So I'm currently living in a space of creating wonderful possibilities and manifesting desires I've always held within. In the midst of all this joy, there's a voice that I hear saying, you're getting egotistical. You're neglecting your boyfriend and your parents because you're spending so much time on yourself. It's true. As I have transitioned into this new life, it has caused a lot of friction with my partner. Then there's the relationship with my parents, which has always been strained at best. When I spend time with them, I tend to feel worse afterward, so I've started to avoid reaching out or making plans. I feel like I live in two worlds, one that is happy and bright and full of optimism, and another at home that is dark and full of arguments. Am I going to regret not responding positively to my boyfriend's and my parents' current efforts to be a part of my life because I've been so busy with myself? Am I feeling all this joy and excitement a little too much and not practicing enough equanimity? I've been telling so many people about what I've been up to because I can't contain all the excitement. I do feel so much gratitude, and I feel that there is a divine source that is directing all of this, and I see that I am merely an instrument. So on the one hand, I know I'm not egotistical. I'm just merely excited, and I happen to be a very expressive person. But on the other hand, I can't help but wonder if I'm somehow fooling myself and neglecting what's really important in life. Signed, flying too high, with a question mark at the end. This was a tough question for me, and I spent a lot of time thinking about humility as a virtue and pride as a vice, and how our culture approaches both of these, and how sometimes the narrative of being humble keeps us, especially women, from being the big, beautiful souls that we are. Dear Flying Too High, True humility is not a sacrificing of the self, but rather a deep knowing of the self, and with that comes an abiding respect for all others around you. Um, I want to paraphrase the venerable monk Thich Nhat Hanh, who says that when given a compliment, give thanks and accept that these positive words are true about you. 
and know that you have your challenges as well. As a human, you always will. You can hold both. Pride can be healthy, although in our culture, many of the messages, especially those we get from Christianity in particular, um, have been warped to make it seem wrong. The way I see it, overweening pride or egotism is the state of focusing only on your positives and neglecting the aspects of you that need attention and self-work. Healthy pride is probably best thought of as confidence. I don't think humility is actually the opposite of pride. It's not the act of casting away anything great about you in order to make yourself lower or to sacrifice yourself for the benefit of others. It's actually the highest form of confidence because you must be so comfortable and so safe in yourself that you can hold that self, all of that beauty and all of that pain, and you can see others and support it in them as well. My sense is that along the way, you developed a core belief that in order to be a good person, you must sacrifice yourself for others. You established relationships based on that premise, and you don't yet feel comfortable living a life where no one asks that of you, and the people around you are probably a little surprised or maybe confused that you've suddenly changed the script. This is the time to break the pattern that doesn't serve you. I'm giving you permission right now. You get to be happy. You get to have a day that is full of happy, sparkly people who fill their own inner wells and spend time with you because it feels good, not because they need something from you. I would argue that the critical voice in your head telling you that you're getting too full of yourself is actually your ego. It's getting loud because it's no longer needed. Your ego needs to be able to point to the ways in which you self-sacrifice and take care of others. So when it feels attacked, it has evidence of its worth. The one thing the ego does not want to do is to die. This self-image of you as devoted to people, even when they cause you pain, is really frightened right now because you are on the precipice of another way of being. So of course it's going to get loud and mean it's like the Buddha facing his last greatest challenge, the powerful demon Mara. A part of you that doesn't serve you anymore is on its way out, and it is kicking and screaming. It does sound like there are aspects of your relationship with your boyfriend that need an overhaul. You're changing a lot, and in ways he doesn't understand, and the two of you will need to face that reality together. He has a right to decide if the new you is still someone he's compatible with. You both do, really. The people who love us for who we are might get thrown when things get shaken up, but they are ultimately there to support us as we grow. Now that the dynamics between you have changed and you're setting different boundaries, is this still a relationship he wants? The truth is only he knows the answer to that. It is a painful truth that as we grow into our happier, healthier selves, not everyone is willing to follow us. This can be most evident in our deepest and longest relationships, those with our families. 
You've made it very clear in your letter that your family's energy is not serving you as it stands today. It sounds like changes in how you deal with each other are necessary for the connection to survive. I wonder, have you spoken frankly with them about how you're feeling? Or perhaps you're not feeling emotionally safe enough to do that, in which case I would recommend looking very practically about how much time you do spend with them and under what circumstances you do. You are in the process of shedding a lot of patterns that are unhealthy. You don't have to disengage entirely from dysfunctional family dynamics, but it is crucial that you find a way to have a sense of agency in those relationships. Let me say this very clearly. This does not make you a bad person. Although it will feel that way at first, it actually paves the way for you to respond to them in healthier, more loving ways. One last thing. I'm curious if all your relationships have been adversely affected by your shiny new life. If you were losing friends left and right, then maybe, just maybe, it would be worth considering toning it down a bit. But I suspect that you have other relationships that are just as strong as they were before, maybe even better. While it's easier and frankly more compelling to focus on the bad things that are happening, it's helpful to give equal time to all the good that's happening around you. I get the sense that you're struggling with that a lot right now. There's so much good, you feel like there must be something terrible. So let's just take pride or humility out of the equation and just ask yourself, what do I owe to the people who don't give me healthy energy in return? Do I really want to lead a life where I am in service to those who do not love me, the real me, those who don't see the truth of who I am? This is not a black or white, on or off sort of question. It's a shades of gray situation, but one that requires you to really check in with yourself and set boundaries that feel healthy for you. How loving and compassionate we all could be if we could just stop performing the person people expect us to be and start acting from the truth of who we are. For our meditation today, I want to pull us back into lived experience and away from abstract concepts like pride or humility. And remember that our bodies and emotions are calibrated to give us information about what is healthy and what is supportive for us. We just have to pay attention to them. That's the foundation of my work. And if we get stuck in the head, thinking about what is right, what is wrong, what the rules are, what people expect of us, we actually lose track of the reality of how we're feeling and what actually is the direction we want to go. So for those of you who are not driving or engaged in other work that requires vision and attention, let's settle into a comfortable seat and close your eyes and get in touch with your breath. Just tracking the in-breath through the nostrils and letting a sigh out through the mouth. Getting back in touch with 
this wonderful intake of oxygen as it nourishes our blood and circulates throughout our entire body. Feel your weight against the chair or the cushion or the floor, wherever you're sitting. Do a quick body scan, checking in from the very tip of your head, scanning all the way down through the body, down the arms, past the hips, the knees, the ankles, all the way down to the tips of the toes. Just coming into the present moment, which never went anywhere, by the way. We just lost track of it. From this place of inner awareness, I want you to call to mind the closest relationships in your life. And one by one, I want you to do this exercise. Call up a face, perhaps a memory of a loved one. Really inhabit it, make it real. Really experience everything about the energy of this person, how you feel when you're with them. And then I want you to imagine that there is a cord that stretches from your heart to theirs. And this cord is going to give you information about your relationship with this person. In what direction is the energy flowing? Do you feel like you're giving more? Do you feel like it's being pulled out of you? Or does it feel healthy and reciprocal? What does the energy feel like coming from them? Does it feel restorative? Are there colors or sensations, emotions coming up? Just imagining that you are actually connected to this person in this space and really sense in to how that connection feels. Remembering to breathe as you do this. And letting yourself feel anything that comes up that might be uncomfortable, like grief or anger or frustration. Just let that be information for you. It's not good or bad. It just is. When you look at this cord or imagine this cord or feel this cord, however you're experiencing this, what do you want to do to make it better? Is there a change in direction? Is there a detaching, perhaps? Is there a reattaching elsewhere? Do you want to make it larger or smaller? Do you want to build some sort of boundary or encase it in something? 
whatever your mind comes up with to help you accept this chord for what it is and make it better. Whatever you need to do to see this relationship working well for you and the other person. When you feel like you've got a good sense of how you want that connection to look or feel, let that loved one step back and bring another one to the forefront and continue the process as you need to, checking into the cord that connects you, checking into the quality of the relationship, asking yourself in which direction is the energy going, And how would I want to make it better? Although we spend a lot of time in the world of words, our minds often speak more effectively in metaphors. And so what we're doing with this exercise is allowing the brain and the body to give you information that was maybe there all along, but you couldn't quite grasp it or see it because it can't be translated into words or because you may have some resistance resistance to acknowledging the reality of what's here. And in the end, meditation is purely a tool for being aware of reality in all its messy glory. I want to thank um, our letter writer today for sending us this vulnerable and really important question. And I want to thank all of you out there for joining me today for another episode of Ask a Wayfinder. I'm Dana Wheelis, and you can learn more about my work as a coach and a meditation teacher at my website at DeerHawkHealing.com. That's all one word, deer as in the animal, hawk as in the bird, healing. I have a contact form there on the website where you can submit your own question, or you can also write me um, at Dana at DeerHawkHealing.com to send me questions, which I love getting, so please keep sending them, or send me feedback about this week's episode, or for those of you who'd like to work with me one-on-one, I'd love to hear from you. Before I sign off today, I have uh, some news to share for those of you who live in uh, Charlottesville and Central Virginia. Um, I will be co-hosting a holiday art show and open house at my office, um, which is located at Shala on High Street in downtown Charlottesville, with um, my office mate, Valerie Sargent. We're both um, artists working in paints and various other 
media, and we thought it would be great to bring our communities together and show off some of the work that we've been making over the course of 2018. Those of you who live in town, I'd love for you to stop by and uh, see where the magic happens. You can find out more about this open house um, on Facebook. You can like my page, Deer Hawk Healing, um, and see other events as they come up. And you can also just uh, hear little bits of wisdom and see what I'm sharing, um, what's making me happy each week, if you follow me there on Facebook. I'm also offering gift certificates uh, for the holiday season. So if you know someone who's going through a rough time and could benefit from some anxiety relief or help with um, a life transition, don't hesitate to reach out through my website or my email address and uh, get them a gift of a relaxed nervous system. And uh, I'm also offering holiday anxiety relief packages, which are a blend of meditation, guided meditation, uh, singing bowls, and um, coaching to help people get through what can be a really rough time of year. So that's what's going on for me these days. I'm also working on the next episode, which will be called The Art of Saying No. So if you have any letters or thoughts you want to send me about saying no to things and how hard that can be and how great that can be, I would love to hear from you. Remember, that's Dana at DeerHawkHealing.com. So as we wrap up yet another episode, I want to send out my thanks to Teej.fm, the podcast network supported by University of Virginia's own radio station, WTJU, for their support of this podcast. I couldn't do it without y'all. Thanks. And as always, remember to be kind to yourselves. You deserve it. <laughs>